This is the Apocalypse Survival Guide. We are here to help you survive the apocalypse. Which apocalypse, you ask? All of them, from A to Z. Each week we cover a different type of apocalypse and give you advice on how to survive. The rules are simple. We choose an apocalypse depicted in a movie and cover how you could survive that type of apocalypse. So stock up on supplies and get ready to survive. Hi, I'm Drew. I'm Frank. And welcome to The Bunker. On this week's episode, uh, we moved on to the letter J. And for J, we have Joker's Wild. What does that mean? We get to pick the movie. (laughs) Well, we get to pick the movie every week, but but it doesn't have to fit into a category, uh, like aliens or biological. So Joker's Wild. And this week, we've selected the classic from John Carpenter, Escape from New York. Yes, wait. Escape from L.A. No, 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 no. Escape from New York. It's the one with Snake Plissken. You know, he's the, the ex-soldier, and he commits a crime. Yes. And he gets dropped into uh, a, a, a city that's that's a now a, a security prison to rescue someone. Right. Escape from L.A. No, Escape from New York. No, you said Escape from L.A. I, I, watched, I took notes on Escape from L.A. No, like the Snake Plissken movie. You know, yes, Kurt Snake Russell. Plissken, John Carpenter's John Carpenter. Director. He's escaping from the city. Yes. There's more than one? Yes, you didn't know about this? No. Let, here's the difference. New York, uh-huh. no surfing. Right. LA has surfing. So it's the same. Somehow they work surfing into Escape from LA. I don't it's ridiculous, but yes. But other than that, it's the same. It's the same. Oh. I'm just kidding. I watch New York. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Woo. I was gonna say, well, it's it is two liberal cities that all of a sudden become oh, prisons. Yeah, true. Or maybe they're prisons already. All right, uh, I'll joke aside, um, but yeah, Escape from New York is this week's choice. Um, this movie obviously stars Snake Plissken as Kurt Russell, or Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken. Either They're both way. badasses. You really can't go oh, wrong here. Hell yeah. Um, and uh, I know if you're thinking, wait, wait, this is a prison escape movie. No, no, it's an apocalypse, because if you pay attention, World War Three is underway, and they reference it. Um, with Snake Plissken saying that he's the battles of Leningrad and Siberia, which obviously, if you look at a map, I don't know how, but somebody did for me, that's in Russia. So obviously, if he's in battles in Russia, we got to be at war. Yeah. And they mentioned something about a summit. So um, World War Three. so it's an apocalypse. And the fact that he wouldn't be the president anymore after the summit, so obviously there's no stability to government, if that's the case, if it's going to take one summit and... They're going to oust the American president. Yeah, there's definitely some some apocalyptic thing going on. I agree. Correct. And, you know, it's our show, so we can do what the fuck we want. Yeah, so um, it is, and so it is. Pow. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll start off, as we always do, uh, haphazardly. Um, basically, the movie opens up, and it says in 1988, the distant future, the crime rate raises 400%. Yeah. That's a huge jump. That can actually be kind of the basis for apocalypse right there. I mean, if you think about well, it, that is that that's the onset of chaos and anarchy and everything else. That's that. Yeah, I could, you could call that an apocalypse if crime were to seriously rise four hundred percent. 
and not just some statistical manipulation, but truly does. Right. You are potentially facing some very harrowing times, yeah. and that is close to, if not, societal breakdown. So, yeah. I mean, you're talking, you know, this is a, you could call this a precursor to an apocalypse. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, if, if you're living someplace and your crime has risen 400%, it may not be the end of the world, but it's going to be pretty damn close to it to living in it. Because, I mean, you got to think, 400%, that means an area that has, let's say, it's all statistics, but like 10 rapes a day and 50 murders or whatever, you just, it just went, through the roof. went through the roof. People are getting killed left and right. Uh, people are getting raped. Uh, oh, so Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. Exactly. Oh, okay. So it's happening right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So the next one is going to be Escape from Chicago. Escape from Chicago. But it's not an island, but whatever. Well, well, I'm sure John Carpenter will figure that out. A lot of people try to get out of Chicago. Yeah. It's a landlocked island. Exactly. Um, and then apparently it's 1997, way into the future, the beginning of the movie. <laughs> and uh, Manhattan Island, a.k.a. New York, is now a, is a max security prison for the country. It's the only maximum security prison for the country. They walled off New York with 50-foot containment wall. If you get sentenced there, you go in and you never get out. Mm -hmm. And basically you're dropped in, you're left to your own devices, and they don't give two fucks what happens to yeah. you. No rules, no law, no nothing. Just if you're in there, figure it out and survive or don't. Pretty interesting concept, honestly. It is a very interesting it's, concept. It is very interesting to just you know, stop trying to govern the prison system and just... I mean, so you're a prisoner, you get dropped in here, and that's it. Good luck. I mean, they, they, there's the U.S. police force, mm -hmm. and their job is they, they protect the wall. They have helicopters. They have guards. They have all that kind of stuff. Their <laughs> depth, base. Depth charges. Depth charges, <laughs> landmines. They set up there at uh, the Statue of Liberty, Liberty mm -hmm. Island, and basically their whole job is they drop people in, they process them, they drop them in, and they just protect the wall. Yep. And if you try to get out... They kill you. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, what I do like about John Carpenter, I am a fan, um, is that some, some of the ideas for the movies that he's done, we're not going to get into his other movies, but are very unique. Whether you yeah. like them or not, you got to admit, especially nowadays with all the recycling and the, you know, oh, this movie is great in the 80s, let's make it now, and yeah. the rebooting and all yeah. that. This was an original idea. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, so that's, it's pretty cool. I mean, they, and when you talk about depth charges and mines and killing people, the beginning of the movie, they show an escape attempt mm -hmm. in the water, and the helicopter comes in and warns them, and they don't turn around, although they gave them like three seconds, and then they blew them up. So obviously, you try to get out, and they just kill you. Yeah. <laughs> They're like 10 seconds to turn around. They're like, we're trying. We're, we're in fucking a, trying. We're on a makeshift <laughs> raft with two by fours for paddles. Yeah, he gave them no chance. No. Um,. So the crux of the movie, after they establish everything, is Air Force One gets hijacked by a single female. Yeah. Um, she kills a cockpit She full kills of men. a cockpit full of men. She then crashes the plane in New York. Yeah. And uh, she's part of the, what, American yeah. Liberation, Liberation Front to liberate America yes. from the Something Nazi amazing. fascist pigs, blah, blah, right, blah, right. blah, 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 liberals. Real quick, I have to say, because you're talking about that scene, it was very eerie to see, even though it was all dioramas and, you know, like old school 80s special effects, but 
it was really eerie to see a plane flying towards New York City with the Twin Towers standing on the skyline because obviously they were still there back then. That was the skyline. And you're seeing the Twin Towers in the background and this airplane flying towards the city and like going in low towards the building. I was like, that's that's eerie. That's really creepy. It was. It was yeah. legit. I was like, ooh, the Twin Towers. Yeah. And then I, I forgot because I'd seen the movie a long time ago. I knew that the plane went down and the president got out in the pod, which mm-hmm. that's ahead. The president gets out in his, little, his safety pod. I knew that, but I thought the plane just had some type of... I forgot about the hijacking. I thought it just had some mechanical issues, and then the president had to get off the, the plane to save him, blah, 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 and he happened to land in New York. Yeah, I couldn't remember either, but yeah. So it was very scary to see a, a terrorist, that's what she is, Yeah. hijack a plane, and fly crash into a building in New York. Yep. All he had to do was crash in one of the World Trade Center buildings. World Trade Center buildings, and it would have been like, holy really fuck. Really eerie. Yeah, exactly. 1981. 20 years before. Yes. So it's kind of like, whoa. Yeah, it's creepy. So it was anyway, creepy. just wanted to point that out, because when I was watching it, I made note of it. I was like, ugh. Yes. Um, so it was a little creepy. Yeah. But anyway, the plane crashes. The president gets out in his little, his little orange egg pod, whatever the hell that is. I do like that, that the fact. That land perfectly upright. Well, it landed 50 feet. Yeah, from something. 50 yards, they said, from the, the plane, which I don't know why they didn't get his ass off sooner, the president, I mean. Yeah. Um, I do like the fact that they, they spray-painted the presidential seal on his escape pod because when you're escaping, the most important thing is to advertise, <laughs> hey, guess what, I'm important. I had not. I saw it. I did not you didn't think register that at the time. It? I'm like, wow, you're now you're thinking about that? That is really fucking stupid. Yeah. I mean, might as well put like flashing neon lights yep. and bells. And, I am here. the president. I am the president. <laughs> but I guess if you look at it, that pod is not typically designed to be jettisoned into an area of uh, into a hostile area. It's probably designed more to be, you know, if there is mechanical, some sort of issue and the plane's going down, and maybe they do want to be able to find it. But in that particular situation, it was a horrible idea. Big, giant, reddish-orange pod with the presidential seal. No one's going to find that. Here's what I'm going to say, and I see what you're saying. I'm not, I'm not arguing this, but the president is arguably the most important leader in the entire country, uh, world. I mean, some countries may disagree, but with the economic and military force of the United States in the last hundred years, minus the last eight years, we have been a dominant force in the world. And we have established ourselves, whether it's right or wrong, as the police force of the world. We maintain order. Generally, when the U.S. says something, people either listen or they're made to listen. So here you have the most important person in the world the most important leader, I should say, in the world. And he's in his plane, Air Force One. A plane that's checked over and over and over again before it ever takes off. I watched a whole special on Air Force One. Like, it was like a, it was that, oh, was that Life After, was it Life After? Oh, no, it was a whole special about Air Force One. And they have, you know, Chafe or Chaff is. Yeah. The, like uh, the, yes, for missiles and right, stuff. Right. It's got all these features, all this stuff. They went into how much time is spent checking before it takes off every time 
checking engines and checking this and checking that. So chances are, if he's using the pod, it's because someone has attempted to attack the most important leader in the world. Again, a big orange egg with the presidential seal spray painted on it. Not exactly the smartest thing. Yeah, true. And I believe, remember Air Force One with Harrison Ford? Yeah. I don't believe it was an orange egg with the... But anyway, it was the 80s. That he was gonna go jump in. It was the 80s. It definitely didn't work out for him in this movie because they found him in a matter of like seconds. They were on him and had him because uh, Lee Van Cleef, Spaghetti Western, the bad, extraordinaire. Uh, he was in the air heading into the city to try and get him within minutes. And, you know, it's only what, five minute chopper ride. So they had the president. I, I'm going to say within 10 minutes, they already had him and had his finger cut off. So, yeah, not a good idea with the pot. My, my complaint with that is this. You see, because they, they were talking to the, the sonar operators or radar operators, wherever the people are that watched the plane come in, and they saw that it was coming in over restricted airspace, and they were questioning what it was, and then they get the the high-tech alert that it's Air Force One. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, I, I love the 80s technology yes. to try to show the future technology. It's funny, to, and I'm not, I'm not bashing the movie, but I like watching back like, really, that's what you thought it looked like? Right. But, and obviously they were tracking it was coming in, and they were tracking that I'm sure they could, with the high-tech graphics <clears throat> that they used, they kind of showed the trajectory of the plane they kind of had to figure out that it was coming into New York. Why weren't they already on the choppers? In the air, yeah. In the air. Waiting to land. Waiting. Even if it flew past them and then the choppers went forward, followed it, saw it crash, landed at the wreckage, yeah, that saved the president, thing. 25 minutes. That's a whole movie. Snake <laughs> gets thrown in New York. And that's it. And we never hear about him. And we never hear because about him. he never gets pulled off to the side. It's yeah. a Kurt Russell cameo. You see him walking down the hall. And that's it. Then you get him. And everybody's him. like, oh, yes, Kurt Russell. I wonder what this is going to be. Nothing. You see him. Maybe you see like, no, no. Then they go to him getting fingerprinted and booked. Yeah. And they give him all this stuff and they kick him out. And then that's it. Okay. And a movie. <laughs> and scene. Um, but anyway. So, yeah. That, I had so a problem with that. The but USPF. Anyway is too stupid and they lose the president yes so but i guess their whole job is not true their job is to just kill the people that try to get out yeah that really and to throw is, the people in right that really is outside of their kind of their description of what the, even the function of their police force is even for so true but yeah. still yeah well yeah, but i'm gonna be critical again lee van cleef the bad Hauk, I think was his name in the movie, bad, nice. was yeah. in Special Forces, Texas yeah. Regiment, or whatever he said. Texas Thunder. Texas Thunder, thank you, which was pretty cool. But he was in Special Forces the same as Kurt Russell was. So obviously he's had military training. Obviously if he's in Special Forces, he's a badass. He, you would think you'd have some type of, he's in charge. He's got some forward thinking, but anyway. Some military, strategic, tactical knowledge to be able to say, "Oh shit, that's the president's plane." Get the birds warmed, or at right least now. have Let's the birds in the running. Everyone's in them, like all the soldiers, all the well, not soldiers, but the police officers, I guess, because they're a police force. 
They're in there ready to go. And all you got to do is run out and jump in. They take off. Yeah. But you see it crash. He's like, warm up the choppers. And he runs out. Like, why aren't they? A little late. Yeah. (laughs) A little late. And it did not work out for you. So. um, But as we said, the president gets captured. And then good old Snake Plissken. I thought about coming up with like a nickname, but. Snake Plissken's so badass. Yeah. I can't. And Kurt Russell's the furthest thing from a douchebag. So no, I'm I can't. not going to give him a douche nickname. He can be Snake Plissken. He'd be, the only other nickname I would, you know, if I gave him a nickname, it would be another cool nickname from one of his other cool movies. Yeah. Like, what? What? what's his name in Big Trouble in Little Jack China? Dalton. Nice. That's right. right? Jack Dalton? Some, it's something very similar to that. I'm pretty sure it's like Jack Dalton. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. that'd be. It wouldn't be a nickname like, oh, this guy would be because he's a badass. Yes. Um, but anyway, Snake Plissken, who uh, who was captured for uh, what he he robbed the Federal Reserve of Denver, tried to rob the Federal Reserve. Yeah. <laughs> he he just happened to be arrested and on the island, getting ready to be dropped into New York. On the day that the president's plane crashes into, but anyway, and then uh, the bad, aka how, uh, recruits him and gives him twenty four hours to get. The president. Actually, not even get the president. The president was inconsequential. Apparently, the tape. The tape was the most important thing. Because they won the president, but they needed to get the tape. Yeah. They because didn't really if they want that tape, but there was something. It was kind of a like a two prong thing. Like they need. They wanted the president to stay in power, and whatever it was on that tape was going to ensure that he did stay the president. I. I, I don't know. I'm not totally sure on how that whole thing was supposed to be well with which was more important or well they know. say get the president and get the tape or the briefcase i think was right briefcase. they wanted the briefcase him, yeah. it, was, it was locked up the president had a briefcase handcuffed to his wrist so they said they need to get the president and you get the briefcase and the, but he had uh, a deadline because if the president wasn't out in time with the briefcase for the summit to at least address the summit, it didn't matter. So apparently the president mattered only as long as the tape was with them. So technically, if you have the tape. Hell, they should have put fucking Snake Plissken on TV and played the correct tape. And they'd be like, hey, our new president. President (laughs) Snake Plissken. (laughs) So anyway. Jack Burton. Burton. Oh, you know Jack Dalton. You know, I, you know Jack Dalton's from MacGyver. Oh, is it? Remember, Dalton's got, also from Roadhouse. Or Dalton? Yeah, that's from a good Roadhouse. one. Yeah, not an apocalypse though, but it, it does have the sways. It does have the sways. Um, he's got a. He has to pop up somewhere sometime. We'll find something. Yeah, we we'll have find to. Something. Um, if you don't like the sways, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but hey, yeah, the president's capture. Okay, and then uh, Snake has twenty four hours to get the president. Uh, then they inject the little explosive tubes or capsules yeah. in his neck. Dis- yeah, dissolving capsules with minor charges that'll blow up his arteries. If uh, yeah, I have, that was very. I don't know. It, it was original. It was original, I, I get, but the, the fact that they—I mean, the idea was—I guess the capsules will, will sit in his major, his carotid artery, in both sides of his neck. And that they dissolve in 24 hours, or whatever time frame was, they dissolve. And then once the capsules dissolve, the heat of his body, blood, the yeah. blood, would cause him to blow. Yeah, just a small Just enough to sever both sides of his carotid artery uh-huh. on both sides of his neck, and then obviously bleed out internally and die. Yeah. 
yeah, my question to that is they neutralize the charges so that they're not going to blow up, but the capsules still dissolve. And then what? The charges go into his brain because now they're in his blood flow and he dies anyway? Very poor thinking on, well, they, on the end game of the capsules. Well, they use x-rays to... Uh, yeah. To make the capsules non-lethal, yeah. and then the little explosives are floating around his body forever, or they go to the brain. Oh, yeah, perfectly safe. Yeah, perfectly totally, safe. Totally. They saved his life. Totally saved his life. Yeah, let, let us put these George Clooney paddles on your neck. <laughs> from ER. From ER, exactly. Clear. <laughs> those paddle thingies that George Clooney uses. I think he's either fucked or they were just fucking with him. Like, yeah, we just gave you capsules and they're going to explode. Very likely fucking with him. Very likely. We just gave you a whole bunch of vitamin C, actually. But, you know, (laughs) you didn't know that. Something you can't can't overdose on vitamin C, right? Yeah, we gave you something you can't overhear, vitamin C. But then again, I mean, in all seriousness, I, I understand his point, which is I wouldn't take the risk of finding out if it's real. Yeah, but there's really no way other than to wait <laughs> to wait for them to blow, kill you yeah. to know whether they're really going to be effective. Not really a very safe gamble, in my opinion. I'm just I would have done just what he give did. Me the paddle thing. I would have taken the yeah. paddle. If they say I would have done it. I would have done what he did. But it would have would have been better, in my opinion, is if the guy pulls up and like, do it, like, give me, and Lee Van Cleef, the bad was like, give me the tape, give him the tape, like, eh, we really didn't give you any capsules in your neck. And then Snake would be like, fuck you. Now I'm not too tired. I am going to yeah, kill you. Yeah, now I'm not too tired. I'm going to kill you. Um, but anyway, Snake takes the deal. He's armed with, I'm assuming, weapons of his choice. Um, he gets in a glider, which I thought was actually a good concept. And he gets towed up by a plane. Dude, and then they cut away. Original. Yeah, and they take, the, they take the, um, the glider, which obviously makes no noise. And they have him where you can get towed up now as a, mm-hmm. and you can fly him. And he flew it in and he hit the brake and he had like some kind of grappling hook. Yeah. Spear. Spear to grab the roof and he stopped. Yeah. So as far as insertion, it's kind of a cool concept. It was. It was a cool concept. I mean, I admit. technically, if he was special forces, he probably could have haloed in. That's what I thought they were talking about him doing. When they were talking about him, you can drop in on top of the. Trey Tower, I was like, I thought he was parachuting. I didn't but, realize that meant drop in by, like, land. But it was a two-seater, and he had to get the president oh, out. So that was right. kind of the – That was the end game. Yeah, the end land. game was that yeah. because he's on the World Trade Center, he's high enough up that then they could re- he could release with the president back, and he's familiar with doing it because they mentioned he was in the Battle of Leningrad in Siberia, that he did it in Leningrad. Did the same thing with the he, he glided not the, with the president, but he glided in somehow on the glider huh. to attack. Oh, I didn't. I missed that. Part that was yeah. He about was, how he had done it before. I the bad was like just like the Battle of Leningrad. Remember, mm-hmm. this thing's like I remember something. You know, <laughs> it's all his badass. Um, come to find out, uh, as uh, Snake Plissken uh, wanders through, wanders through the wasteland, and this is what I do like. I probably have done it here, so I might say it again, but. I like the fact that the condition that they show the city in, in my opinion and limited knowledge, we've all established limited knowledge, that I think that if law and order were to break down, 
let's just not use that as a prison. Let's say that's a big city and everything stops. I think that's what things would look like. People grouping up, clanning up, Absolutely. forming factions, killing each other, shit everywhere. Yep. Strongest will survive. You go into groups and you're going to have your stragglers that are just just your basically your non-threatening people that the larger groups just let survive and don't really they don't help them they don't kill them either which you kind of saw them scattered here and there they'd be the ones just standing around on the sidewalk watching like oh there's snake Pliskin or holy shit what's going on over there but nobody's really addressing them one way or the other so you'd have those people uh yeah i agree and i think they they did a good job with some of the interior stuff um like chock full of nuts in chair of that, thought it was a good job. Looked like an abandoned, you know, diner. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Speaking of chock full of nuts, I did uh, some research, which I know shock you, but you remember uh, the scene where you know, Pliskin hides in the chock full of nuts? Yeah. And then there's yeah. a, the girl some hiding there with him. Things coming out of the ground. Well, there's a girl there, and he has like five seconds of dialogue, right. gives her right. a cigarette, then she disappears and never seen again. Well. There's about to be some action that went down, but then she disappears. Well, so, yeah. she was about to be chock full of nuts. Um, <laughs> but uh, you, you, I knew that was going to come and tell her. <laughs> I didn't know where. <laughs> he snuck it in. But uh, did you know that that was Kurt Russell's ex-wife? Well, she was his wife at the time. Now his ex-wife. That was his wife at the time. That was his wife at the time. Nice. That's why she was in the movie. Of course. And I think the original shot of that from what I can do research was he's like, well, what can you do? And she's like, I can blow you. And he's like, all right. And she was blowing him. And then Carpenter's like, he's about to say cut. And Kurt's like, wave him off. Like, I need another minute. No, nope. another minute. Five seconds. Oh, okay, okay, you can cut. You nah, can cut. I'll cut. And he's like, I can't, I can't put this in the movie. What's this about? He goes, Kurt's like, I just wanted a blowjob. Yeah. <laughs> all right, then. Okay. So then we're going to edit that scene where she gets taken into the fucking pulled into the ground. Yeah, like she gets pulled into the ground. Movie or some like shit. A, I, don't, I don't even know what that would be from. Well, I think the early on, since you mentioned, I think is that Hauk the Bad, Lee Van Cleef said that the crazies live in the sewers and the subways and below the ground. Yeah, I remember that. But how do they just come up through a floor of a business? They, they made it look like it was made out of paper. The floor was eroded through wear and tear, and it's a yeah. dilapidated building. They just needed a convincing way to get Kurt Russell's wife at the time off his cock and not have that scene in the movie. So they're like, yeah, we're going to have people come up through the floor? That'll work. It was kind of cool scene, like, but I you're can't right. Do, like, I can't do a rated X no. escape from New York. We're going to have to, we got to do something with that scene. So Yeah, he can't uh, be like slapping her ass and <laughs> ramming into her. And, yeah, oh. exactly. Although I would have escaped from she something. She was attractive. She was, she was, well. Go figure. Kurt fucking Russell. Kurt Russell, yeah, exactly. I mean, I've only, Goldie Hawn back in, I'm not saying she's unattractive now, but back in the day. I mean, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, you remember being a kid goldie hahn was like oh fuck yeah it, dude. i mean yeah. i'm sure kurt russell murderers row if you know what i mean like of ladies he you probably like you know 11s out of 10 every single time just exactly. knocking them exactly. down left and right there's a reason he's never married yet goldie hahn yes <laughs> well he's why he's freedom he's well he's still with her so yeah but anyway saying he needs his he needs his clear conscience so when 11s are 
throwing their panties at him, he'd be like, yeah, okay. Well, I mean. Like, all right. If he goes home, he's like, you ever cheat on me? And he could look at her and say, I have never broken the sanctity of our marriage. She's like, wait, we're not married. He's like, mm, I got to go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> got a movie I'm shooting. I gotta uh, go. Oh, I got another movie to do. I'll see you later. Doing Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Got to go. I got to go do Overboard 3. I mean, uh. Was there ever a two? No, it was a joke. Oh, okay. Was that was say, a joke. Oh, shit. That's funny. I just watched Overboard like two days ago. Ironic. Were you, were you being punished? No, I like that movie. Uh, it's all it's, right. It's fucking Kurt Russell. It is Kurt Russell. Yeah, so. Anyway. Anyway. Um. So anyway, the president is taken by the Duke of New York. <laughs> Twitchy-eyed chef. Isaac Hayes. Yep. Yeah, baby. Yep. So uh, salty balls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, you want my chocolate balls. Salty balls. Salty balls. So uh, the Duke of New York, who is now the unofficial king, or well, he's a duke, but he's the leader of New York. Yeah. So he is the leader of the most powerful gang. So they control New York yeah. for the most part. Which I think is very legit. That's, I think, exactly what would happen in that situation. Yes. Yeah, you're going to have, like I said, different factions um, getting together. Well, even uh, Kurt Russell's um, wife at the time mentioned she's part of this group. Like the the Canadians, I don't know what they're called, but she said, I'm, I'm with the Turks. And uh, I'm in... I'm in, you know, Viceroy country or whatever the fuck yeah, she said. Yeah, yeah. And I got, I got yeah, caught yeah. after dark, so I'm not even that stupid. So she was hiding till daytime. She get back to her group, right. her gang, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's what's going to happen. It's kind of like any, anything happens. People are going to group up together to help each other out, hopefully in a good way. But, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, so that's – and he is – he runs New York. And – Based off everything we see, and they show a lot of the streets over and over again, as like you, as Kerr Russell strolls about the streets in New York all the damn time, um, that everyone else is generally running around and whatever, and the Duke has got cars. Mm-hmm. He's got vehicles. He's got men. He's got gas. Yeah, they've, they said something about they've converted some of the vehicles over to steam. Yes. But then it seems like his vehicles run on gas. Well, then, and then it, the brain... Makes makes gas for him. Yes, the yeah. brain is a guy that lives in the, the old library. Yeah, um, and he's able to make gas because he's a smart guy. Is that Dean Stanton? Stanton? I yeah, believe? that was Dean Stanton. And I'm I don't know the ladies the lady's name. We'll just call her Big Titty Girlfriend. I thought her I thought her name's Tits McGee. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Tits McGee. Well, do uh, you think that was gratuitous? I. If it was gratuitous, they would have came out. Oh, it wasn't gratuitous true. enough. So, spoiler alert <laughs> for for our fan: you don't, yeah, you don't have, don't wait for that to happen. Cause Here, here's my complaint. Uh, this is a 1981 movie, so obviously it's, you know, back then when people were more chauvinist. But nowadays, you know, I think Kurt Russell took his shirt off, or he had his shirt taken off. I think it'd be only fair if she had taken her shirt off, right? It'd be fair, don't you think? Be equal. Come on. I'm not seeing her pants. Kirk kept his pants on. Yeah. Snake kept, but she keep her pants shirt. on. Just, Just a shirt. quick, you know. Sorry. Quick movie shot. It's got to all be fair. Got a good three seconds so I can pause. And Anyway, so it should be fair. I mean, yeah. sheesh. Snake Plissken, he had his shirt off for like an hour. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Helen, he didn't have sleeves on his shirt. <laughs> so, well, she didn't have sleeves on his shirt. So I guess that part. All right, yeah, all right. Okay. But yeah, that brain lives in the library with Tits McGee. 
he makes gas. He's been making a map of like where the landmines are in certain spots where they can try to escape. Right. Obviously, he's an educated guy. He's that's why the Duke keeps him around and gives him things because what he can produce for the Duke. So the Duke's got, I guess, he's got it going on. He's got gas. He's got men. He's got weapons, so to speak. He's got the president, and now his plan is to, excuse me, is to uh, get everybody amnesty out of New York Island. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that'll work work well. Which is a little surprising to me that I, I that part I don't think would go that way in a real situation like this. I don't think that he would try to get amnesty for everyone in the New York prison, whatever they call. What do they call it? Manhattan Penitentiary. Uh, yeah, like Manhattan Penitentiary. Actually. Man, yeah, Manhattan Maximum Manhattan Security Island, Island yeah. something like that. Whatever. The, they, I, I seriously doubt that the Duke would have tried to get amnesty for everybody. He would have only been concerned about his group, his faction. Uh, screw everybody else. I think he would have. I'll say this: if he was seriously legitimate about getting everyone off the island, or even his whole gang, which looked to be like a couple hundred dudes at least, he's a better leader than some because. More than likely, I think he would have driven up there and be like, we're all getting out of here, and I'm going to go first. And he'd pull him up and be like, oh, they just said one. Sorry, guys. And then just leave. Yeah. And then the police force would mow everybody down. They, they changed the deal. It's only for one It's now. only for one. Sorry. Let me Hold on. It's not my wait, fault. Wait, they said they got beer, and we're going to negotiate. I'll be right back. Let me see what terms I can get. I'll be right back. I'll see you in never. Yeah. As his voice fades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As his his deep sexy voice fades, and he'd be like, "Son of a bitch," but I do like your voice. <laughs> um, That's why people follow him. He's got that Pied Piper voice. Oh fuck yeah! Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, and then uh, eventually Snake gets captured, trying to uh, rescue the president. Yeah. Um, the Duke takes a bolt to the leg. Takes a yes, a arrow to the leg. Um, do capture Snake. He's forced into a gladiator fight. With which a, was cool. Which was cool. With a big motherfucker. With a big dude. Which, huge. I mean, you got to be entertained. Mm-hmm. So I guess they decided these gladiator fights give, give you a chance. If you win, great. If you don't, well, too bad. I'm assuming the big guy probably wins 99% of the time. Yeah, well, yeah, all of them up until that one. Well, up until, until Snake. Spike stuck in the back of his head, which was cool um another thing um after snake kills the uh the gladiator guy and then the president gets taken away by brain and tits mcgee um everybody leaves snake in the ring like they're like go get, let's go get him and they're like what about the, the guy here <laughs> i did notice that <laughs> he's just ringing all, off all the stuff like this was the most dangerous like enemy that they have at the time uh you know, they have him guarded by 15 guys with crossbows pointed at his face. They're walking him around. They're putting him in the gladiator thing to kill him. And then he wins the match and Brain has the president. And it's just like, oh, you're okay now. You're not dangerous anymore. Yeah, bad. Big mistake. Well, I guess what kills me is, well, it kills me, but Snake is obviously famous. I don't know if it's because of his military career. And they see someone he's the youngest person to be decorated by the president. But everyone knows who Snake Kliskin is. Mm-hmm. Because the running joke of the movie, 
which I didn't have a problem with, was I thought you were dead. You know what I mean? I yeah. thought you were. So everyone, when he says Snake Plissken, everyone's like, Snake Plissken? It's not like if I name myself, you know, Cobra Thomas, and I start walking around like, hey, I'm Cobra Thomas. She's like, okay. Yeah, who? Who? Who the fuck? And like, Snake Plissken. Everyone's yeah. like, so he's a big deal. Everyone knows who he is. Yeah. So, and they've got, like you said, 12 guys with crossbows pointed at his head because they know he's dangerous. But then... And then Lee Van Cleef gets his revolver out of his drawer and makes sure it's loaded because he's going to bring Snake in. And he says, you want to handcuff him? He goes, I'm not that stupid. Because he knows how fucking dangerous he is. With handcuffs. With handcuffs. And he still has his revolver. Which was the worst handcuffs I've ever seen because he's got the dexterity to light a cigarette. Yeah. But anyway, the point is, is that he's so fucking dangerous. And I'm not saying he's not that everyone knows who Snake Plissken is. And everyone just runs away. Not only that, he just confirmed how dangerous he was by killing their number one guy. They kill. He just killed their number one gladiator. Obviously, they consider that guy to be pretty much, you know, their their biggest badass. Yes. So he confirms how dangerous he is by killing that dude. Really, if you 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 made a point that the Duke is a very gracious leader. Yes, he is, but he's not a very smart leader or a very calculated leader because the first thing I would have done as a leader, if he would have killed my number one warrior, I would have taken that little Mac-10 with the suppressor and I would have shot him dead in the ring. Mm. Well, he didn't kill you, but I'm going to because you are way too dangerous to keep alive. I agree with that, except for the fact that I I take argument with the fact that it's a suppressor. Because did I say suppressor? You did. No, not with the terminology. I know okay. some of the silence for suppressor terminology thing. I'm not saying that. Okay. I'm saying I take, I take um, question to that because uh, it appears to me to be a loudener because it never once <laughs> sounds soft. I noticed the same thing. And I, I thought it was a Mac-10, too, so we agree for okay. – I don't care if everyone else thinks it's an Uzi. We agree it's a Mac-10. Yeah. We're the only ones that can't count, yeah. except for our fans. We love you. Um so it's it's forty five ACP. It's a big heavy round. Forty five ACP is actually the most suppressible round out there because it's slower. It's not subsonic like a nine millimeter. So you can actually make it quieter than any other round. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 one of one of the. It's not, I mean, it's because like, it's lower FPS and it's yes. heavier round and everything else. Yes. Gases are easier to capture. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! So it's mm. it's easier. And when you say suppressor, it's not like the movies where it's just like a little plink, plink. I mean, it still makes noise. Yes, they do. But it's not. They make a full machine gun noise for the movie. It's not that loud. You could go to, uh, if anyone thinks that we're, okay, well, we are stupid. And we think we don't know what we're talking about, which we don't. But in this case, go to YouTube and look up like a suppressed, you can put silence on it, like 45 ACP. And they'll show like an H and K. I know you're a fan of H and K. An H and K with a can, aka silencer, suppressor, screwed on, and they'll show them shooting it with video and sound, and you can hear how quiet mm-hmm. compared to without a can or a silencer, suppressor. So yeah, it was a loudener. It was a loudener, especially when uh, <laughs> the Duke was sitting there shooting it off his boot when he was shooting. The Duke was shooting at the president. Yeah, it sounded like a. It's like he was shooting a fucking, regular Mac Ten. Yeah, or a. A larger caliber round, like yes. a forty-four Magnum off his shoe, right? So, uh, as far as suppressors go, since we're, we're on the topic, a suppressed forty-five, which obviously we've shot. 
when I tell people like what to compare it to, I tell them to take their hands, cup them, and clap their hands together while they're cupped like that. And that's probably one of the more accurate sounds for a suppressed 45 that I've found. You gotta clap them pretty hard, but cup your hands and clap them. And that makes like a loud popping sound, but not, I mean, you obviously can shoot it without hearing protection, so. Yeah, that's the kind of the point of it. But it's not It's not the machine gun fire noise they, they displayed no, yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Hell, I think the fucking suppressed air quote, Mac 10, was louder than the 357 Magnum revolver that they were shooting. <laughs> they made a good effort to make that thing louder than it fucking normally is, too. Or, yeah. or like a cool mag. I like the cool Magnum noise. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, it seemed louder than the 357, which we'll get into those guns <laughs> in a little while. But all right, so then Snake is free. He's free to run about. Which again, why you don't kill the guy? Again, it's Snake Plissken. I don't want him dead, but then he gets free. He steals his little escape latch bracelet. Mm-hmm. He runs back to the World Trade Center. He runs up there. His glider gets pushed off of the the top by some uh, not. It wasn't the um, wasn't the Duke's guys. It was just some crazy some fox. A-holes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then they they leave and they decide after encountering the Duke again, they decide that uh, they're going to escape on the 69th Street Bridge. Um, but it's covered in landmines, and they jump in with Ernest Borgnine. Yes. Classic. I love Ernest Borgnine. Oh, I love Borgnine. And they drive his taxi. Here's my thing. Why is there still a bridge all the way up to the wall? I mean, I get it's a plot device, but if you're just going to leave this place, why not just demo it? Yeah, exactly. So there's the only way to get water. Fuck mines. Just blow a 100-foot, you know blow a section out of the bridge, like a 100-foot section out, in between what are the not the supports, like in between this support and this support, nothing else can drive a crowd. There's your solution. I mean, yeah. it's not like they don't access it because they use helicopters for everything. Right. Well, you, like you said, plot device, but as far as... It's a way for them to get out, but I don't understand. Yeah, I don't get it. Realistically, why even... Why do you have like the bridge? That? Yeah, blow it, it up. It goes right up to the wall. Yep. I, yeah, you put landmines on it, but you're just you're asking people to get to your wall, yeah. And as it as they did, and apparently they only have two guards in that spot because jumping ahead at the end when the dude gets there, he shoots the two guards at the top after yep. the president gets over, and you don't the other only other guards are on the other side of the wall on with the, the winch with the jeep to winch up the president snake. <coughs> Excuse me. So. It's not like you got like a whole fucking garrison standing there like, really? And that you want to get out here? Right. And they that got like a fucking minigun. Yeah, yeah. Mounted, some sort of mounted machine gun, 10 guards, everybody armed if you're going to have an access point. Yes. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I don't, I don't get that part. Yeah, well. I mean, it, and as dumb as it sounds, if they would have had like a, some type of gate or door there to let people in and out like that's where you introduce the prisoners or i don't know if they ever need to get in because they know where the landmines are but they never they just use helicopters so i don't get the whole point of the bridge yeah, i don't either at all you're fucking put up this wall 50 foot wall around the entire thing blow up the fucking bridge that's easier than putting up the 50 foot wall way easier yeah anyway and then uh so the president gets out the duke's there he shoots the two guards he fights with snake 
Snake gets on. He starts to come up, and then the president stops Snake from coming up. I guess he uses him as bait. And the Duke jumps up with his Snake's machine gun, the MAC-10, and the president goes all Rambo commando on him and blows the Duke away. <laughs> Which, that was the only cool thing the president did in the entire yes. movie. The rest of the time he's then Snake gets out. They use the radar to stop the explosives in Snake's neck. He's saved. He gives the wrong cassette to Lee Van Cleef. And <clears throat> I think, I'm thinking, this is me reading into it, that when the Snake, or when Snake goes to talk to the president, the president would have been a regular guy and been like, oh, this is so terrible. Those people had to sacrifice their life for me, blah, blah. I think he would have given the real tape over. Yeah, I agree. But the president was such a twat. He was a twat. And of course, you know, yes, I know politicians, a lot of them were twats. But of course, this guy's, after all that, has got to be a twat. Yep. You'd think he would be like, and I'm being serious. Maybe I'm being too hopeful. But I think the president would have been like, Mr. Snake, Mr. Pliskin, what the fuck he wants to call him, you know. What you did for me was amazing, and I'm appreciative of anything you want. And one of those people that died, and he'd be like, it's just terrible, you know. And then their sacrifice, I'll remember those sacrifices every day, but I think he would be like, well, here's the tape. But yeah, everybody's a twat. You think a twat. that what he just went through, he would have been <coughs> a bit humbled. Even though he may have been a twat before, that would have humbled him after what he had just gone through. Oh, yeah. You know, so, but whatever. I guess the story of John Carpenter is once a twat. Always a talk. <laughs> there you go. And then Snake destroys apparently the only copy of the most important cassette tape. Really? A cassette tape, first of all. <laughs> I know Dude, it's that 81. Was, that was high technology at that time. You couldn't think of. Did they have CDs in 81? I know they came about around there, but I don't know if they even had them then. If he, if they would have just had like a little square, remember the old discs, three and a half, yeah, floppy, not the floppy, the next ones, the little hard ones, a three and a half by five, whatever. Oh yeah, even that would have been a little more technologically advanced. Like it's a, it's a player cassette, and you like if they showed it sticking in something, you could play something. But <laughs> one, it's a cassette. It's like you could see Snake just pulling yeah, the, the shit most out. Delicate <laughs> media. That's, and if you're been made. and if you're young and you've never dealt with a cassette, they would get chewed up easy when you uh-huh. played them. Sometimes they would get the the spool would get you have to pull it out. You take the pencil by the metal end and you would yeah. twist little things to take the put the tape back in. Fucking the last Boy Scout. No, 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 no. Rewind eats the tape. Rewind eats yes. the tape. How the fuck am I supposed to know who Ryan eats the tape? Rewind eats the tape because yeah, it just. <coughs> The cassette players are hinky and yeah. But here's my thing. Whatever was on there was supposed to save the world. Right. Why is there only one copy? Yeah, exactly. And I know back then they had cassette recorders where you dual decks. You put a tape in one side and a tape in the other. Yeah. And you hit play and record at the same time. And it plays this tape and records on this tape. So you're telling me that this is the most important tape in the world. Held by the most important man in the world who has... All the resources of the most important man in the world. And, and he doesn't make a copy right. and hide it in a safe at the White House or a bunker yeah. and be like, oh, shit, it's wrong tape. Hey, guys, go to my office. <laughs> uh, do me a favor. I got a spare tape. You got a spare tape? Well, yeah. 
How stupid would I be to have tape. I have a cassette tape that's so delicate and be the only one? That'd be stupid. And then somebody shoots him and kills him because, well, we didn't even need to come get you in the first place. All we need is the tape. Yes. Well, you'd think he, I mean, even if nobody else knew about the tape, he would have made a copy. <laughs> but anyway. And then Snake destroys, again, the most important tape in the world. Um, some of the strengths that I thought, as far as the ideas that were expressed in the movie, yeah. um, I liked the fact that all the cars, there was no glass, but they were placed like cages or bars. Yeah. So you still had protection from things, but you don't know, about glass breaking or shattering. I thought that was kind of an original, cool idea. Right. Um, I'm glad that uh, they still had hair care products. I mean, for that one weirdo, the weird weirdo and, and snakes, luxurious locks. I mean, his hair was <laughs> he is definitely using something. He's using something. Um, I'm, I'm glad to see New York hasn't lost the arts because when he goes into the theater, there's the dudes dressed as women. You know, they're performing. Um, and honestly, the most important strength that I see is thank God this was 1980 because those guns never run out of ammo. And you could just fucking shoot That's for true. years. That's true. He had no extra magazines. Well, now here's a th- here. I will say this: at the very beginning, when they're laying, they're showing all his guns. Yeah, they showed the Mac Ten with show, three mags. They did show extra mags. The three fifty seven, like two speed loaders or moon clips. I, I didn't look that close. Right, but so they that's never. It. Sh- but that's I, it. I don't remember him them ever showing him reload. Do he never. He ne- They. I'll get into that in a second. They never showed him reloading the Mac Ten. They never show him reloading it. They show her loading the revolver at Once. one point. Once. Yes. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> the 80s were so great for unlimited ammo. Fuck yeah. I mean, look at all the look at all the great characters that they spawned. Commando, mm-hmm. unlimited ammo. Yep. Uh, shit. You can go on and on. Yes. Rambo. Rambo, unlimited ammo. Snake Plissken, unlimited ammo. You name it, unlimited Man, I ammo. Wish, I wish I was alive in the 80s. Just think how the, the guns are just better. I mean, yeah, nowadays, totally you know. Better. Now we have ammo restrictions. And you have an 80-shot like revolver. Out. Yes. I cannot believe that. Our, that Get an 80-shot revolver back then. Yeah. Like a fucking 4,000-round Mac 10. Yes. But just in a little bitty stick magazine. Yes. Oh, damn. Is that a 30-round? No, it's a 300-round. Wow. <laughs> it all fits in there? <laughs> yeah. What's... Size rounds are they? They're 45. <laughs> That's impressive. Uh, do you have anything else for uh, strengths? Strength. Well, I mean, we're doing st- strengths of God. the actual. Well, yeah, this one's kind of a. <laughs> it's a wild card, but strengths of the actual apocalypse itself. I mean, I guess. Yeah, the the environment they created that was that was a pretty strong environment. They did a good job of. Walling off Manhattan and preventing anybody from escaping it, uh, making it where it's just you guys govern yourselves in there. We're not even going to deal with it. So if that is the apocalypse that we're talking about, which we are focused on that in the very much of a microcosm of an apocalypse because it's just within the walls of the penitentiary. But for that part, yeah, it was well done. I thought so. Um, weaknesses of it. Well, I mean, I got snakes got only one eye. Throws off his depth perception. <laughs> Doesn't seem to bother him though. Oh, yeah. Well, it should throw off his depth perception. It should throw off his depth but he's a badass. Um, the secret the secret service sucks 
hard. Oh my God. How do they let yeah. one crazy bitch terrorist take over Air Force One? Right. One lady. Yeah, they didn't show a group of them or anything. No. It's not like they were overpowered. They can't break down a door? Yeah, and then they're like, shoot hard. the door. Let's pressurize. What? What? It's pressurized everywhere. But yeah, the whole thing's pressurized. You don't get that. No. And here's my thing. Plot device. Well, yeah. But here's my <laughs> thing. We don't want to shoot. Out. Can you shoot down the door? No, it's pressurized. So what's going to happen? Well, she's in a crash pen. We're all going to die. What happens if you shoot the door out? We could all die. Let's take our chances on that one. Yes, let's take our chances on the door. Yeah. President, how about you make an executive decision to shoot the door? And I'm not. I'm not a pilot. I don't know anything about aircraft, like mechanics or anything beyond what they do. And I'm sure there's somebody. At, well, no, if you're a pilot, you're probably intelligent. You probably don't listen to this. But hypothetically, if you are, you might know anything about aviation. Can you just pressurize the cabin or not the cabin and not the rest? And how does she do that? Does she, like, open a window? I don't think they have windows there. They could just, like, you know. 30,000 feet open a window. <laughs> is, it an, is it a button you push and it's auto? Like, you know, know, on your car? It's not, you just you have to hold it down. It goes, <laughs> and then, all right, we're good. We're now, I understand they were low, yeah. so you don't have to be pressurized. But how do you, which means the rest of the cabin doesn't even be pressurized. I do not understand any of the physics behind that at all. But I think that the whole pressurizing of the cabin has to do with when you're up at a very high altitude. Yes. And I think when you're at lower altitudes, it's not necessary or as necessary, if at all, for the cabin to be pressurized. I mean, just for example, look at like, you know, little Cessnas and stuff. They can literally fly with their windows down. When yeah, they can at, when they're pop up a limp window. Yeah, sure. They can look out. Look at skydivers. Hel- helicopters. Drive around with their doors open. Look at open. Helicopters. helicopters. They got the sides open because sure. they, they don't go up very high. So let's say he does shoot the door, and it does depressurize the cabin. So fucking what? They're but, 500 feet off the ground. It doesn't matter. They're not going to get sucked out. No. Because it's, it's not the – I understand that from movies, obviously. In aircraft, there's a, a hole in the plane. All of a sudden, the pressure change will suck. But there's not – the outside pressure is – essentially the same or it's so close that they're not, they're not all going to get sucked out the window so what's the big fucking deal I wonder if that actually does happen or if that's just a like movie thing a movie thing I again I don't know I don't know anything about if that. someone aviation, knows anything about so. aviation and you don't actually get sucked out feel Please free to email, email us. us yes because we're idiots yeah. you know that well thing. they listen to this yeah, they so know. they know right. um, let's see uh, shit any corrections that our listener and maybe his one friend. Here's. He has a he has a friend. Maybe, he told I'm him. hoping. Well, yeah, but I'm if he hoping. told him about us, he doesn't have <laughs> yeah, any friends no, anymore. He's, no, he's friendless. He now. just he just uh, yeah. Well, so yeah, tell us, correct us on this stuff. Our our one military guy out there that hates me because I don't know all the military terminology. Correct me. Email us. Sure. Let us know. My thing is. We, we kind of touched on this in Mad Max, too, but what the fuck is up with 1980s and their apocalypse attire? Like the the, the Duke's right-hand yeah. man with the hair and the clothes. Oh, and so They're, bad. you know, with the, the Duke even himself with the, I mean, it's not even like pimp attire. That's just like fucking beyond pimp. Yeah. Like Isaac Hayes walked in. He's like, uh, you want me to look at a pimp? And he's like, hmm, that's too, no, that's not strong enough. That's like a real pimpy. You want me to go like go super like pimp? Kind of pimpy, baby. Just kind a little pimpy. Kind of pimpy. <laughs> super pimpy. I mean, that, yeah. 
I don't know what's up with that. Yeah. Oh, here's my complaint. We were talking about the Mac-10. Snake lands his glider. He activates the elevator to go down the 50th floor. Mm-hmm. And he has to walk. He takes, he activates the radio. He calls Lee Van Cleef. Tells him he's going down. Gets out on the street. And then, after he's done all that, and he's in the street, and he's quote-unquote in the war zone, only then does he start to screw, screw the, 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 the loudener on. The loudener, exactly. He attaches his sight, which I'm not sure why it Thingy. was there. Yeah, uh, uh, some sort of scope Yeah, scope. Glass I said sight, device. scope. Mounted to the... Loudner. Suppressor slash loudener. Does all that. Then he fishes out of the 300-round magazine, puts it in, and racks it, Yeah, I think. And he's, but he's ready to go. That's when he's movie ready to go. Yeah. And why does he have a, a holster for the thing when he brings a, a strap? That's right, and he never puts in the holster. I mean, the strap's a good idea. I'm not complaining about having a strap on your weapon. Strap and a holster? But the holster to get it there, why not just have a bag? Why not just bring or it? Or just pre-assembled. It. Just sling it in front of just, you or behind yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Put it in the know. passenger seat behind you. Well, there you go. I mean. You got room. You got room. Yeah. And why wouldn't know. he take a backpack full of supplies? Well, I had that later. Why don't I take a backpack? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Just two guns. Two okay. guns, a, a radio that lasts about 10 minutes the glass night vision maybe that he didn't use yeah that he never even used i like a bunch of throwing stars and a knife he did use one of them he used one of the knives yeah after he took the, the radio that he broke not fast enough though yeah not fast enough. guy got a crossbow yeah so i don't know about that all right um so i had an issue with that before he puts the mac 10 together uh another weakness is i'm throwing this out here to new york if you happen to listen here and you're from New York and you are a building inspector and you inspect buildings or you inspect new constructions, I stress to you that you need to pay close attention because according to this movie, apparently there are no two-by-fours in their walls and they're paper thin. And with a machine gun, <laughs> yes. you can carve a hole, a hole in a wall and dive through. But... I, 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 I see where, where you're going, but I remember watching this movie in the 80s, and that was the coolest fucking thing I had ever seen It up to that point in my life, is Snake Plissken cutting a hole in the wall with his, uh, his little submachine gun. I, that was the coolest thing ever. Apparently, walls are just sheets of drywall yeah. suspended in the air. Yes, they just float. They just fl- floating drywall. Well, they've... they've, they've <laughs> You know, they, they extend them a little bit, and then they hammer them to the support walls on the outside. <laughs> yeah. So someone has fallen down on the job and let those buildings be built. But it was cool. Was also, kid, was cool as shit. I've never had a shot of Mac-10, but it seems like an awfully complicated weapon system because it appears it constantly needs to be cocked and uncocked. Um, that's partially true, and I don't, I've not shot a Mac-10, but I have shot, a, like, an old school, like, Uzi. Like, no shit Uzi. Well, I mean, like... It's he, a, it's a, it's a, uh, open breach throttle right, weapon. Right, Like, the breach is open. It, 
Yeah, it's not a closed breach. I know right. that. Right. The breach is open, and then when you pull the trigger, that's what makes the slide the breach actually drop, and then that's that's the motion for it to be full auto is that it drops and cycles and if you're still holding the trigger down it won't catch in the back it'll just drop again and when it when it falls all the way forward and hits all it's a closed full closed breach that's when it fires the firing mechanism is made to fire then so it's very odd because you 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 rack it and then it stays open like you pull it back and it stays open and then as you pull it it but i mean does the the bolt when you pull it back and lock it, does it automatically fly forward if you don't do anything? Because he's constantly pointing it at people, and then you hear him cock. Uncock. Cock. Cock. No, just like he pointed it like oh. Ernest Borgnine in the cab, and he cocked it. And let him know he means business. And then he was talking, and then he cocked it again <laughs> to let him know he really means business. Oh, shit. You don't believe me? And then he double cocked And then he pointed it at the brain guy in the library, and when he said he'd help him, he... Pulled the trigger and let the cock. He let the cocker he go let, forward. Yeah, yeah. He let the bolt. He he pulled the trigger, but he held the he held the. Uh, I don't even know what you would call that. The uh, bolt, like the nub for the bolt, and then just let it down without it actually firing. So it would it still put around in the chamber? <sighs> now that I don't know. That's what I mean. He's constantly yeah, cocking and uncocking. <laughs> Again, maybe. I, Maybe I'm just stupid, but it seems like a very complicated weapon system. It's a complicated weapon. It's a very complicated <laughs> weapon system. Oh, my other, here's another complaint. The Duke of New York. You fancy yourself to be the most powerful man in New York. You see what weapon he had before he takes Pliskin's Max 10? I didn't, but I remember it was A like, tire iron. Yeah. He cracks it with a tire. Really? That's, right. that's, that's why right. he was a tire, right. iron? tire iron? Yeah, that's your... That's your... Maybe it's his scepter. Maybe it's his Manhattan Penitentiary scepter. Is I got a turn. <laughs> but yeah, that's what he's using to impose his his will and authority over the entire city of Manhattan or island of Manhattan is a tire iron. Yeah, a tire iron. That's all you can think yeah. of. Baseball bat. He can't fight for shit either. No, he's the Duke. But he's a great leader. He's gonna give everybody out. I mean, he was. Ah, he's very, man. very gracious. He must be. I mean, he kills people, and he's a bad person. Him. But he's very gracious. Yeah. Um, my other complaint is when the Duke does get a hold of the old Mac Ten, why is he wasting the ammo? Trying to shoot the at the president or shoot the briefcase off the president. We know the answer to that. Because unlimited it's ammo. Unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, nobody else has a gun in there. Right. Well, other than the gun snake brought in. So that thing is like... Oh, it's fucking gold. Every round, yep, I would be like, do I really want to shoot this guy? Yeah. Can you guys kill him without me wasting a bullet? Or or I want to kill you three. Can you line up? Because I, I'm going to try to get you all three at once. Yeah. But now he's just shooting the wall. Yeah, I don't know about that. With nuggets of gold. Oh, here's another thing that kind of boggles me. Maggie tits mcgee mm-hmm. when they're on the roof and the glider gets knocked off and she's shooting at these people and snake runs up and she's like oh it's snake and she just hands over the gun to him like no questions asked yeah and he just starts shooting them and then they run away and then at the end brain gets killed and the duke's coming and she wants the gun and he just 
hands over the gun, no questions asked. Why are people just handing over guns, no questions asked? <laughs> if I was her, I'm not giving Snake the gun. I understand yeah. he's the, the hero. And if I'm the hero, I'm not giving her the gun. Because here's the thing. Let's say it went down the same way other than she didn't have the gun. She gets run over. And then the Duke runs up. And Snake pulls the 357. He shoots him in the head. And that's it. They get winched down. It's all over. They can walk to the wall. They can walk to the wall. He'd still have to run. Well, he's timer and his if he had the fake capsules, the fake capsules, right? But why does everyone keep handing over? I don't know. That's the other thing. See, you didn't see the behind the scenes. Maggie already had a little, you know. Oh, they kind of had a maybe trusted each other like that. Yeah, (laughs) I don't trust a lady lady enough to hand over my only gun. Yeah. And it's not like, well, here'd be one thing. If he was helping the president because he was injured and he handed over his gun to her because she was coming with them, like, here, you hold this and I'll help the president. Okay, she's going with you. So the weapon's with you. That's my complaint. Oh, yeah. It's not like. Totally gives it up. You know, you have a significant other and you're in this apocalypse environment and all of a sudden someone's hurt, like a third person, say it's a kid or another person that you, and you're actually going to take this person because you're vested and you're like, okay, I'm going to help Bob. And shit, I can't shoot and carry Bob. Uh, here, you take the gun, you defend us. I yeah. get that. Yeah, yeah. They're all together, and she's sure. got the gun. That makes sense. Like when they were in the car, and he had the machine gun, and he hands back the revolver to her. Well, to Brain, and Brain doesn't want it, so she takes it. So there's two people shooting. Makes sense. Yeah. But to just say, here's my only weapon, we're still not out of here yet. <laughs> you stand here and... You stand here. Good luck. Yeah. And here's my other thing. When the Duke is coming for him, again, this is... The Duke of New York. They show that he has several hundred men. Why is he by himself? Yeah. And nobody else is with him in his pit mobile with the chandeliers on the that front. That was amazing. That was amazing. And the disco the ball on the inside. I loved it. It was that just was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Why, why would he be the one, the only one driving into an onto the bridge that he knows is all mine. He doesn't have the map because he never got it from the brain, even though he asked him 50 times for it. He never did get it. Right. And he's just going to go barreling in there. No, no. You, 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 and you. Take those four cars. Go in front of me. Do, 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 do. Boom. Oh, okay. Don't go that way. Do, 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 do. Boom. Yep. Going to go around him. Yeah. Instead, he's the only one. And he never hit the landmine. I think he hit one, but it didn't blow his car in half like it did theirs. Which is, that's a pretty cheap car. It blew directly in half. That was impressive. It just split in half. <laughs> yep, yep. And the like only one who died was Ernest Borgnine. Yeah, Gabby. Yeah, yeah poor Gabby. Um, yeah, I didn't get that. Um, all right, here's my thing. Maggie, apparently, when Maggie and the Brain rescue the president, she's a fucking super shot. Because the Brain stabs the wild-haired guy. And she whips out the revolver and shoots three dudes. Bam, bam, bam. Rapid yeah. fire. Sm- smokes those dudes. Oh, like, it's impressive. Yes, it was. And then she forgot how to shoot. Yes, she did. Because she's she on top of the World Trade Center, can't hit shit. She doesn't hit another person for the rest of the movie. The Duke's she, driving at her. No, never hits another person. She drops those three guys like a fucking professional assassin. Yes. And then cannot hit another person. No, never never shoots, never hits anybody else. <laughs> yeah. It was ridiculous. I guess she's only good like six feet and in. Then she should wait for the Duke to get closer. <laughs> she's shooting at him like a hundred yards. Yeah, and it's got a, sc- and it's got a scope, scope on it. A scope on his, which back then 
Do you remember that in the 80s? Yeah. Every fucking revolver had a scope on it. It was like the thing for the 80s. Now, I know that uh, guys have to hunt and use a handgun, like a 44 or 357, depending on what you're hunting. We'll put scopes on them. Yeah. But shockingly, those scopes actually make it more accurate. Yeah. Where apparently, in this case, not with her. <laughs> no. Because as soon as she used the scope, she started missing. Well, she she didn't use a scope on those first no, three guys and a, smokes them. Yes, that was. She's just on that. the bri- bridge. Aim over the top of the gun. Yeah. She never hits a single guy, even though the one guy so, like was he hacking or sawing away at the the grappling hook of the plane. Remember, he was yeah. co- chopping at it. If you're gonna, so shoot he's not anyone, running all over. I'm like, let's get that, that guy dude. first. He's yeah. not moving. Let me take a second. And he's the one you want to fucking kill first anyway. Because those because guys are just pushing on the plane. Out. Those guys are just like pushing like, maybe this will do something. And the yeah. one smart guy with like some type of axe is actually cutting away on the he's anchor. He's the guy you shoot. And I have to bring this up. I love John Carpenter movies. But what was up with that fucking music? <laughs> cowbell, man. Did you, did, you, did you hear the cowbell? Yes. Oh, there was some fucking heavy cowbell going on. <laughs> I, I didn't get impressed. the music. The music was like, I'm like, what the fuck is yeah, this music? The music was so it's bad. not even bad from an 80s music standpoint. It's just it's bad. Just bad. Yeah. <laughs> the, it was just fucking bad. Oh, that's funny shit. As soon as I heard the cowbell when he was driving, that he's, he's either driving or walking. His, it was when he's in the streets. I'm like, does this song have... Heavy cowbell in it. All I can think about now is Christopher Walken. I got a fever. <laughs> and the only prescription is more cowbell. Exactly. Yes, I was like, that's cowbell. Yep. Now I got a fever. <laughs> I gotta have more cowbell. Uh, anything else on those? Oh, shit. I, let me see. I gotta look at my notes. Because <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't, uh, I like, you know. I don't even know where we're at. Oh. Strength and weaknesses. Strength and weaknesses. Air, water, food, shelter. Oh, survival. Yeah, we can jump. Survival basics. Air, water, food, shelter. Obviously, three minutes without air. You can survive three days without water. Three weeks without food. So, uh, air. It's fine. I mean, there's no yeah. nothing in the air. Yeah. Water. Well, water's technically, question. I guess, there's no contaminant. As far as like a disease or blood right, right. or anything, no, nothing, nothing that they make real obvious. But where and how are they getting their water? Do they leave the water supply on for the city? I don't know. That'd be a good question. I bet they do because they're mm. not they're not putting them in there to kill them. Well, I mean, not straight out kill them. They're putting them in there, saying, "You stay here, figure out your your governing on your own." But I wouldn't be surprised if they leave the water on and they never touch on the fact that water is scarce. They do slightly touch on the fact that food is scarce. But even with that, when they're in the girl that almost gets chock full of nuts, when they're in that little diner, (laughs) uh, she mentions that. What do they call the underground dwellers? The crazies? Oh, they do they, something. They, they say that they're they're the craziest, the ones that live underground. Okay, but she did call them something like. Yeah, I can't think of what she called them. They're out in the streets and they're running, and he's and he's like, they're acting, you know, they're acting crazy like this, or they're out looking for food because it's the end of the week and they're out of food. So it sounds like they are supplied food, but they're given food at the beginning of the week, and when it gets towards the end of the week, if they're not rationing it properly, which sounds like they don't, that they're running out of food, and that's why they're out 
scavenging and looking looking for food. So maybe water is part of that. Maybe the food rations they give them has water rations also. Either that or they just leave the water system on. I mean, that would be the easiest thing. I don't think they leave the water on. I don't think they give them food. I think it's... Well, I don't know. They, but they said they're, they're, it being they're, the end of the week, and they're running out of food. Then everyone would have to be a cannibal. Mm. Yeah, and they don't—they don't say everyone's a cannibal. And there's no resource for food on the inside. Again, I don't think that the USPF is trying to just say we're going to put you in there, and let you rot and die. Nah, we'll we'll give you supplies so that you can at least eat and drink water and live. But we're just not helping you with anything else. You guys figure out your law and your government your rules on your own but here's your rations we'll give you rations i can see that all right because they, they do when i have that down they, they do mention cannibalism otherwise. they do mention some people are cannibals in there yeah but okay but they probably all right we'll assume i agree we'll assume they drop in every rations. week supplies yeah yeah for everybody so they, there is water but you're only you're rationed water and food i guess what they they drop in i guess everything left over that you could find and I guess there's some candles out there, so that's bad. Here's my thing. Um, uh, anyway, how do they get everybody out of New York? Like, I know they put up the wall, they made it a maximum security, but, like, why would you just, hey, hey, New Yorkers, get the fuck out. We're taking over your island and turning it into a prison. How does that work? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And really, what's the difference between right now and there's the wall? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's exactly what it is. Maybe they, they just, just put they the start building up. a wall. And They're the like, "What's that? Like, what are they doing out there? I don't, I don't know. Some construction job." Well, if they, they started along the the ocean side, they'd be like, "What are you doing? Uh, well, sea break. What do you mean? Well, you know, storms and stuff. We're, we're building the sea break, and uh, we want to protect your fair city." And they're like, "Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's ugly, but all right, fine." And they keep building, they keep building it, and they get to the other edge. Like, what are you doing this side? <laughs> well, you know, they got the the river, Too late. and uh, you know, <laughs> we don't want the storms coming that way. Okay, and the next thing you know, like, wait, what are you? Oh, fuck! They're Uh-oh. walling us in. I see. And then boom, they drop it in, and they're like, like, "Fuck you!" Shit. And now that's your first group of criminals, the ones that were already there. And uh, are they trying to say something that it's escape from New York and escape from L.A., the two most liberal cities in the country? <laughs> I'm I'm not anyway. So yeah. uh, shelter subplot there or subtext. Uh, Shelters everywhere. You just have to claim it, basically. Yeah. I mean, the buildings are everywhere. Obviously, the population. I would say the population of prisoners that are there now are less than what the population of citizens were when it was a normal city. So yeah. I think shelter is readily available. It's just a matter of taking it. Which, if that's the case, why is the Duke live in what seems to be such a shithole. I don't know. If he's the king, man, take over some mansions or something. There's mansions in Manhattan. Yeah, uh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Or or like um it's not like he was in like the uh like the not capital building, but you know, each city has a like if a state capital each city has a yeah, government yeah. building. He what doesn't look like he was living there. No. I mean, you should be living in the fanciest place in the in the city. I mean, in 2015, census says there was 8.5 million people living in New York. Holy so you're shit. talking a city now. I don't know if that. I'm not, you know, smart. I don't know if that includes just that island portion, but no, it's it's more than just Manhattan Island. But anyway, so you guys, what? How many think lives in the Manhattan Island? Half of that. I think there's five boroughs in Manhattan, 
and Manhattan. I, Manhattan's only one of them. Oh, yeah. There's Bronx, Queens, Manhattan. Uh, I can't remember the other ones, but Brooklyn, and then there's one more. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so it was just Manhattan, just the borough of Manhattan, but it happened to be the one with all the important buildings. So, all right, in 2015, the population of the borough of Manhattan was 1.6 million. There you go. So, I would not. You're talking an area that can sustain sus- and house. Yes. 1.6 million. Yes. And there was probably, we don't see everybody, we'll say there's, you know, several hundred thousand sure. prisoners. Because sure. you got to think it's all the prisoners of the United States. So, yeah, it'd have to be. Yeah, all the, well, all the maximum security, like the, because yeah. it's a max. This is, so you have to obviously break some type of, so if you're some DUI. Right. You're probably not going to get through. Man, that would suck. I just had a couple to drink. It got thrown into fucking New York. <laughs> Why did I end up here? Now, if they started doing that, I think that would be oh, like, yeah. I ain't drinking and driving. Fuck that. Because it's not like you're getting out ever. Because they flat out say that yeah. you go in and you're, there's no parole. There's no clemency. There's no. for two beers? Yeah. Fuck yeah. I'd be like, oh, I'm good. So, yeah, whatever you can find for shelter. Uh, weapons. Um, they, there's no guns in there because it's a prison, so what are you fine? But here's my thing. Did you notice that all of the M16 AR-15s had no foregrip? Yes. Like, yes. they took it off to make it look so, more yeah, some sort of stylized future-y? thing that Carpenter was doing. I think it was to make it look future. You don't want to hold it in that barrel no. when you start shooting. And the, but they're, and the thing is, they're walking around holding the barrel. Right. So they're probably going to shoot so that way, tells too. Me, yeah, they're going to shoot that way, and that's going to take about two rounds, and they're going to go, wow. Might get one off and be all right. Even if you have gloves on. Might get three or four, maybe. But after a while, you're going to be like, why the fuck hot. did we take these off? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, all weapons are good. Whatever you can find. If you have guns like Snake, it's good. He did have some pouches, so it's not like he just, you know, had like a revolver strapped to his hip and... We did have unlimited ammo, but they at least at the beginning showed some mm-hmm. reloads to kind of make it. It alluded to the fact that he had extra ammunition, yes. even though he never needed to use it. <laughs> um, slings on guns. He had a sling on the Mac 10, which was a good idea. Yeah. Why he had the holster in the first place, I don't know. But he had holsters for his weapons mm-hmm. when he came to the Mac 10 and the revolver. So it's not like he just had it tucked in his pants or something stupid like that. And if you're in this case, if that was the way the world is, all of New York, ammo is going to be scarce. Yeah, nobody's making it. Obviously, ammo was well. It should have been scarce. It wasn't because they had unlimited ammo, but it should have been scarce. Yeah. It's the '80s. It's no such thing as scarce ammo. It, when it comes to weapons, here's I mean, I, it, obviously they touch on the fact that there are no weapons in New York City or in Manhattan. I'm sorry, in this penitentiary, no firearms. No yeah. firearms. Yeah. Right. You're right. No firearms. Um. So everybody's running around with bats and sticks and uh, tire uh, irons. Yes. Scepters. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, hold on. Real quick, I want you to finish your point. But not only can he crack people like he did with Snake, yeah. he can quick. He can fix a, a flat. Look at he split. Yes, he can because it's always with him. <laughs> exactly. Continue. Um, he is a gracious leader. He Maybe is. he goes around changing flats for people. <laughs> Maybe That's he does. His, that, and it's like his insignia. He's uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you you can't be telling you can't tell me that 
let's say at the point that they say we're going to turn this into a penitentiary think of the undertaking of going through the entire borough of Manhattan going through every drawer looking under every bed looking under every mattress the top of every closet to make sure you got every single gun not to account for the ones where there are people out there that might hide them in rafters and what? hiding places. I don't know anybody like that personally, but I'm just saying that they're out there. Wink, wink. Um, so that's not to account for hidden guns. So you're telling me they went through, they scoured the entire city and got every single handgun? No. And if anyone's going to have it, it's going to be the Duke. He's going to send his people out and say, if you ever come across a gun, you fucking bring it back to me. But no. I'll, I'll even throw this out here. You're currently in a maximum security prison. Let's say you get arrested. You're thrown in some, super, some max security prison. And you hear that they are turning New York, the island, into a, the only maximum security prison in the country. And that everyone's going to be deposited there. And you have a relative. And, I mean, you can look it up. Relatives will try to sneak in things for prisoners now, smokes and yeah, whatever. Sure. Why wouldn't one of the relatives find a building, maybe they own it, and they're getting paid to move, and bury in the floor or bury a whole shit ton of supplies? Yep. And then get a hold of your relative for the, where the walls are getting built. And like, hey, maybe at least you could go live in the old home. I mean, I've done some work on the floors yeah you'll really like the new flooring you know what i mean and be like and they come in there and they break open and then now you're and the now you're, yeah, now you're, you're the, the duke leader. of new york right right but Instantly. you don't have a tire iron but, no. he, but you're slow to change a flat so is that really what you want yeah lots of guns but you can't change a flat you get a flat and you're fucked no so yeah, all right now what four weapons would you take okay. and I'm going to tell you this before we start. I went totally 80s action movie on my four choices. Nice. So so do I have to, like, look at this from the... What what, ang what angle am I coming from? Am I coming from an angle like I'm one of the sorry souls that finds himself in the penitentiary and I have to go off of that? Or am I a Snake Plissken where they're like, whatever weapon you want, we're going to drop you in with it? I went with... I'm Snake Plissken. Yeah. This is a... 80s action movie, yeah. and I'm going to pick the most <clears throat> practical, impractical weapons <laughs> I can to take with me. Okay, if that's the case. That's then, what I went with. All right. I'm taking a minigun. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like old school, like Jesse Ventura, Predator minigun. Right. Old painless, as old, he calls old it. Old painless. Uh, definitely a bazooka. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Can't even, and like a dirty hairy revolver with at least a ten inch barrel, <laughs> at least, <laughs> and a crocodile Dundee knife. <laughs> That's pretty good. Here's what I went with. I went with a. Um, I want some some reach. A three oh eight bolt action rifle, but I want it sawed off. Because <laughs> no. totally negates any sense that it makes to have no scope. <laughs> so you just. Chop the stock, chop the barrel, <laughs> and, uh, you know, bolt action. Pull the trigger, bolt, pull the trigger. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> two and three. You are not fucking lying about impractical. 
<laughs> two and three, I comboed it. Okay, so I'm a a, uh, a sawed off Remington 870. You know, it's a pistol grip sawed off. Yeah. And then a strap to it, like you can, you know, as a snub nose. <laughs> uh, 357 Magnum. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you gotta stop for a second. I gotta breathe. <laughs> but I'm gonna put a scope on that. <laughs> Where? On the top. So it's strapped to the side? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, and a, a carpenter's hammer. Because <laughs> why, well, why the fuck not? Why not? You can tear things down. You can build things. And I'm sure you can kill somebody <laughs> with it. But that's those. I think those are appropriate 80s movies. Tactical guns. Oh, my God. Okay, so a tactical hammer or a carpenter hammer? No, 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 no. I don't want a tactical hammer. I just want a carpenter's hammer. Like a re- like you go to Menards, not the fancy, just the regular hammer, the claw hammer. But you can drive nails with and pull them out. Well, since you're not going to have your loudened Mac-10, you're not going to be able to cut holles in walls, so you might need the hammer. Yes. Yeah, I use, use the hammer. We'll quick claw my way through Cause and go through. papered hanging drywall uh-huh yeah <laughs> oh i'm imagining those guns as you're saying they're so <laughs> i wanted you to <laughs> that's so <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> uh, that's what i was you know 80s yeah, style um totally miscellaneous uh i got binoculars medical training like a med <sighs> kid who had brought a medic we got it because he got beat up a little bit got an arrow a bolt in the leg Something to train that. Um, also, not something to take with you, but something to work on. I guess my pro tip is I would learn, if you think this is something could happen, like a breakdown of society, similar to this, I would learn how to fight hairy shirtless gladiators <laughs> with baseball bats, maybe with nails in them, whatever. I would train. Be ready. Yes. Be ready for it. Be prepared yes. for, for hairy gladiator battles. Yes. Because they're going to happen. And... I got this. Snake Pliskin. Snake's not his name. That's his nickname. That's not his first name. It's, just, it's like S.D. Pliskin. Yeah. And Snake I, I is heard his mis- that They just said some initials. I don't, do they ever say his real they first name? They never say his real okay. first name, but Snake is his nickname. Okay. So, what cool 80s nickname do you want? Like Snake. Ooh. That's a good one. And you got to think he 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 went all out. He had the the snake on his stomach, uh-huh. and we could we all know where the tail ends. <laughs> his cock. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not like revelation. You I mean, t- this, it's yeah. Kurt Russell, so it's probably a really long tail. It's probably <laughs> fucking longer than the tattoo. Uh, huh. Shit, he almost want to pick an animal because he did just to be a badass. Yeah. See, but the pliskin kind of goes with the snake because it sounds snakeish. So, you got me on that one. You put me on the spot. Oh. Tell me yours, and maybe it'll help me. I was just gonna go like mouse, something aggressive, like mouse, mouse. <laughs> <laughs> the 
<laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I would be dragonfly. Dragonfly? <laughs> because I'm pretty, but I'm also dangerous. Yes, dragonfly boucher. Dragonfly <laughs> boucher. Uh, anything else for miscellaneous? No. All right, down to the rating of 1 to 10. Hmm. What would you give this? Man, I have not considered this yet. Uh, it's not a bad idea for a government to make a penitentiary like this. But the likelihood of it happening, especially in the United States, the likelihood of us making a penitentiary like that is, I think, very low. Like, two. Here's what I did. I'm kind of, and you can, you can, I'm not cheating, but you can. The fact that this happened just like the movie where they wall off a city and make a penitentiary, I gave it two. But... I am going to give a second rating, and which is an eight, and that's to the the way the city mm. looks. Okay. If you were in an apocalypse and you were in a big city after a societal breakdown, uh, the look and feel, I feel, and again, we're 80s movies guys, I feel the, other than some of the other stuff, is an accurate representation no, of I, a societal breakdown. I'm with you on that, and I see your point. There is kind of a... There's a duality. And yes, there is a duality of, of this one, and that is the other the other kind of subplot is what it's like inside that prison, not necessarily if it's possible. But, yeah, I'm, I agree with you. I'd probably give it about the same, about an eight, yeah. for what the conditions, what the environment, what the governing of the people by themselves would be like. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, good, it was a good job done. I think that if an apocalypse happened, or a breakdown of society or whatever, that there's, I know some people say, I'm heading to the mountains, you know, but I think some people, what are you, you you're going to, unless you're forced to, cling to what you're used to. Mm-hmm. So pe- some people are going to cling to the city. They're from the city. They're born in the city. They know the city. They don't know the country. Some people do not know anything else. No, and there's some people from the country that have always been in the country, mm-hmm. always live in the country. So the country people do not want to go to the city, for the yeah. most part, and the city people do not want to go to the country. So I think you would have some people like this who would form groups or gangs yeah. or whatever you want to call them, and they would remain in the city. Yeah, stay where they know. Stay, yeah, you're going to stay where you know, and... You know, if you eke out, you're going to, you know, scavenge, maybe find food, do a whole bunch of stuff to survive. So I think that it's, in that case, the representation, other than obviously there's no firearms at all because it's a prison, I think it's a pretty accurate representation, excuse me, of an apocalyptic city. Yeah, I agree. So that part I gave an eight. did a good job. Yeah, I do. It looked and it felt real. He, He needs work on the music, though. Oh, my God. It was the 80s, but man. Like, when I started watching it, I'm like, what the fuck is this music? Maybe that music's coming out of some speakers, like, in the buildings, and it's part of the punishment <laughs> for the prisoners. I didn't even think of that. That's <laughs> yeah. what it is. Yeah. That wasn't, like, that wasn't movie overlay. That was actual ambient music. They're, they're piping it in to, yeah. to torture it's them. To torture the prisoners. That's what makes the crazies crazy. It's working. And why they go underground to try to get away from the music. So, yes. They're like, yeah. fuck this music. Can't take fuck you, John cowbell. Carpenter music. Uh, See, the cowbell. They're, they're the opposite of Christopher Walken. They they can't take any more cowbell. Mm, yeah, Christopher Walken would love it there. Oh, man. He would, well, let's be honest. Walken would be the fucking Duke. I would be the king of New York. He would. He would. Without a doubt. Walken's a Everyone's ultra like badass. Walken. Yes. Yeah. 
even like 80, 80 years old or whatever he is. Still badass. Still badass. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. You got I think anything that's else? it too. I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we we're we're uh, we're doing good. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, What's the letter? This is J. Who's J? Kay. So K next week. Um, we want to start letting it out. No, because no, no nobody <laughs> wants to email we us. Responses. You, yeah. you, you respond, and we'll think about it. Yeah. So uh, thanks to uh, if you responded. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening. We appreciate that. If you left any comments, thank you. Yes. Um, if you have some friends that you don't want friends anymore, we recommend that you recommend the podcast yeah. to drive them away. Yeah. If you got somebody you just don't like but you can't get rid of them, recommend the podcast. They'll, they'll question it. your taste for the rest of your life, and they'll <laughs> want you out of their life. So uh, I think that's it. So until next time, yeah, I'm Drew. I'm Frank. And enjoy the apocalypse.